0: Uh, let's see. Where else is waiting? Just really, really. I, I mentioned the Burger King line before. Um, Taco Bell is. It can be really tricky here in Pickerington um, because you get stuck between the ordering, you know, the the speaker and the window, and you know that like Jesus might come back before the tacos are made. Like it's you you can't leave you can't leave the lane, and and they have you, and they know you have you. They have you. And and don't ever be a fool and to get into the Dairy Queen line here in Pickerington. Um, I swear no one over the age of 15 is in that building, and they, they are clueless. And so I, you can't get through that. Two cars, it doesn't matter. Don't do it. It's fool's gold. You will regret the decision. I promise you. I hate to wait. And so I... I actually have another friend of mine completely fooled that I'm a patient person, and so my friend Gary Fowler, he's one of my coaches, and I said, I just struggle with, with patience. He goes, Adam, you're, you're one of the most patient people I know, and Danielle's like, <laughs> I mean, she's like, this guy, he's ridiculous, and so yes, I hate to wait. We are in a series called gibberish, and the point of it is when God doesn't make sense, and late is, is one of those things that we just feel like. Has anybody ever felt like God is late? I'm not going to condemn you. There's no lightning. We have lightning bolt fr- proof uh, ceiling for five seconds. If you feel like God is late today, raise your hand. Be honest. Absolutely. Some of you guys are frustrated. You're waiting on something. Uh, we've got people in this, in this church, this congregation, that are waiting on healings and things like that. And in our mind, in our hearts, we just said, God... I feel like you're late. And so the series is all about times when God doesn't make sense. And so last week we talked about John the Baptist. And so we've got these good Bible school kind of... Uh, Figures that maybe if you went to Sunday school as kids, you got to move the little flannel, you know, little flannel graph people around. And, and some of you didn't grow up in church or Sunday school, so you just don't even know what I just talked about, but that's okay too. We try to teach people uh, the Bible here. And so John the Baptist is this big, uh, kind of a key figure that came right before Jesus. And he's kind of this wild guy. And we talked last week about God being inattentive. He was sitting in prison while Jesus is out doing his thing. And instead of being released from prison, he was actually executed. And so today, uh, oh, let's see, next week we're going to talk about when God seems uncooperative. Have you ever thought that, like, God, we got a plan here, and I, I'm doing my part, and I feel like you're not cooperating with me. And, uh, like, you're, you're not doing your part. And uh, we've all felt that way. That's next week when God seems uncooperative. Today we're going to talk about God feeling like God is late. And the short answer is he's never late, and, uh, but that's, that's how we have to deal with this. Um, I have prayed for things, some things for years, some things my whole life. Uh, there are things that I want to see for this church, and, and, and if it was my timeline, it would be, you know, uh, the, the people that I've been praying this, to see in these seats would already be here, and then their friends would be here the following week, and so on and so forth. And, and God just has a timing for things, and there's all of these other people involved and so uh, we can only move as fast as as the team here is in sync and and obeys the lord i can only be responsible for my part and i don't even get it right all of the time but you're praying for something you're believing for something and you're waiting for something why doesn't god do something about it how about my financial challenges god you know my struggles you know the bills that are sitting due Um, you know that that on top of the normal bills that I also have uh, license plate fees next month, God, I you know can you, can you uh, can you do something about this for me, uh, God? Health, um, man, I think we all know at least what five people that have chronic health issues that that need a touch from the Lord. I mean, we have prayed for close friends and family members for years with chronic health issues, and sometimes you'll see a move, and you'll see maybe someone get better, and then you'll just see someone stay in the same state, and then obviously we see people decline and pass away, and, and it's like, God, we're, we're waiting on you to show up. What about relationally? Um, some people in this room, you've got relationships that are, that are in bad shape. And uh, they might be with a, a son, a daughter, a parent, um, a close friend, or uh, somebody who used to be a close friend. Um, you could be at war with your neighbor. I don't know. Um, these things happen. And um, thankfully, Dave moved away, you know, so we don't have anything to fight about anymore. But, no, he took, he took my favorite dog on the, in the, on the planet. But, uh, you know, so maybe you're fighting with somebody and, and you're just waiting for the, the, the thaw to come, and it just never... Happens, and so birthdays go by, and and the years go by, and, and you don't see anything moving. Uh, maybe you're waiting to conceive. Uh, maybe you're waiting to get married. I've seen a lot of uh, young Christian people get frustrated waiting for God's choice for them, and um, and too often they get impatient and and go and go the world's way and just try to make it happen on their own. And um, and God can redeem anything, but but God. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the right person. Uh, What about waiting for a prodigal uh, to come home? Somebody, um, the Bible teaches that if you train up a child in the ways of the Lord, that they won't go far. But man, I, I know some parents that have been praying for their kids to come home to Jesus for a long time, right? The big thought today is with God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. And that's so, it's just so big boy, big girl, that we just don't want to hear it sometimes. Uh, It's so next level. That is a very mature uh, thing to get to. And yes, I just called you all immature. And... um, but that's where we struggle with. It's it's we know that and I think we all know that. Especially that, that have gone those of us that have gone through the grind in different things in our in our lives and and um and you can see how two different people are waiting for the same thing. You can see the one that trusts in the Lord how things are different. I know different people that have struggled with lifelong illnesses and there's a difference with being around some of those people, right? And the ones it's just not denial but their trust is just in the Lord and, and it's like I'm I'm just going to keep going through today, and and uh, and and, I've, and God's got me. And and then the people that don't have that hope, they they just stay. They, it's almost like it, it just is engrosses everything. And and it, it's not to diminish uh, the the problem. The, the sickness is there. It's really it's really is a, an issue. Um, you really do you really do want to get married? You really do want to have kids? These are these are huge things that that affect our heart, and so I'm not belittling any of those, but there's a big difference between those that understand that a, a waiting season is not a wasted season. Uh, let's go to John 11. Got a great, another good old Sunday school story, and uh, and for those of you that, that maybe this is a new story, we're going to go through it in pretty good detail, so you're going to know it after today. This is the story of, of Lazarus, and um, And so, it starts in chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm just going to read the first three verses right now. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Sick. Another translation says, Lord, the one you love is sick. And I love that. I love that little extra, not just Lazarus is sick. Jesus, the one you love is sick. Jesus, but don't you feel like you've got to say little extra things to God sometimes? Like, God, I could really use this. God, your humble servant, could use that. And and God, the, the one who invited so-and-so to church last week could use, you know, like we gotta like preface things and make us sound, you know, like we like we're just a little more deserving than the average request coming in. And I think it's cute. I I mean, and it one in one aspect, they're not shy about their relationship with him. Um, but I think kind of like john the baptist last week who was jesus's first cousin like is there any family like discount here like can like family and friends like god can i can i get like can i get a little extra attention here the one you love is sick and these were close friends of jesus they had seen the miracles they had been around him they knew his character and so what do you think their posture was i'm sure they were worried about the sickness But I believe they had every expectation that if Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, that he would come to them and that Lazarus would be healed. I really believe that there was 100% faith in this. But it was faith based on the play that they wanted God to run. Does that make sense? So I think it's cool that they wanted and knew that God could heal him, but they had a picture of how it should happen. Do you ever have a picture of how it should happen? Absolutely. And I think, I think that's God-given many times. Like, we should have that faith. God, I can see this person healed. I think that's good. But where we get into trouble is, God, this is the only way I see that person healed. Right? Right? I see the fi- I see God meeting my needs uh, financially. This is the only way I see that happening. God, I need a new job, or I need to raise at this job, or I need this person to get fired so I can get his position so I can get the money. We can really dial this thing in, and we've got an ideal set of circumstances for this to happen. Um, we can do this from uh, singles... Uh, kind of designing the 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 uh, mr. Uh, perfect or miss right what that person's going to look like and they might even think that they know who that person is and how many things do we miss because we've we've locked in on this certain thing that we think is the only solution and sometimes god has other things going on and and he's trying to do it a different way don't worry, he'll be here. I really feel like that's the, that would have been the sister's attitude, even to Lazarus. I think that would have been Lazarus to his sisters. Like, don't worry about me. I, Jesus is going to come, he's going to heal me. So they are confident that, they will, that he will come, and so they wait. And they wait. and Lazarus passes away. What? The one you love is sick. And we know Jesus is a day's walk away. Like like they had full confidence that they could get the word to Jesus, and they fully pictured him dropping whatever he was doing and coming quickly, getting on the fastest donkey available. Like, we're going to make this happen. You guys like my donkey jokes. It's it's good. It's I'm I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa now. This is legitimate territory. I can yell at kids on my lawn and I can say dumb jokes. This is I am ready for it. Jesus doesn't come running. And we've got this picture because there's even like an old Christian song about uh, and that, like the day God ran. Like there's we picture this prodigal son and it talks about Father God running. And so we know that there are times where God moves very quickly toward us, right? In this case, Jesus didn't even start walking towards them when he heard the news. What? But you stay at our house every time you visit Jerusalem we are your close friends we eat with you we hang out with you we know we can remember all of the disciples names we we're in this with you God, I I serve here. I'm 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 slaving away down in kids land. Laura makes me. Pastor Laura makes me work every Sunday. I, I I change diapers for Jesus. I God, I I I I weeded the the front lawn yesterday. Thank you, Bruce and D. Davies, for weeding the front uh, yard yesterday. And we had guys and uh, we had team working out back here. God, we help at every work day. God, I I tithe. I I give to I give to charities god i help the I help people across the street god I, I do it God what where are you? Two things to remember when waiting on God. The first one is God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Let's go to uh, verse four God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. So verse four, but when Jesus heard about it, he said. Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now keep in mind that Mary and Martha didn't get that little memo, right? But Jesus hears the word that Lazarus is sick, and he says he will, this will not end in Lazarus's death. This is going to happen in such a way that God, God will receive glory and I will in the process. Huh. So some of the waiting is done to magnify the end result at our expense. That doesn't sound like that doesn't sound right. That's not how you grow a church fast step right up step right up to jesus and all your problems are gonna go away no he's gonna use all of those problems for his glory and for yours in the process there's gonna be something happening inside of you that if you will allow it to work in you there's gonna be something that comes through in this jesus says the sickness will not end in death many delays are divine delays god has a reason for a not yet this is so big right here that I have uh, tripped over and thankfully have gotten a little more patient with along the way, and that is that God often wants to do something in you before he does something for you. Throughout my time, even in ministry, we could always have a feeling of, of the next step that God had, from going into youth ministry in the first place to growing in greater responsibility at, that, at Trinity to Uh, we knew that we were going to be leading a church probably soon and soon ended up meeting in like three years and i look back at all of those seasons of waiting where i knew kind of an idea of what was coming there was stuff that god did in me to have me ready for that next step and even then in in planting a church okay so so to claim the title lead pastor means you figured all this stuff out new no. he is using this role to do things inside of me the education never stops god willing and the day i think it has i'm you probably don't want me to be your pastor anymore because i've i've something's switched over that i think i've figured this out and, and that's that shouldn't happen and so there's something that He wants to do in me. I can look back now and see that I wasn't ready to do certain things at those times in my life that I really thought I was ready. And, and this can be frustrating, especially when somebody has a call and, and they actually have a picture and a passion for what's coming next, and you want it, and you want it with all your heart. And I believe that those are God-given desires. And so we can become so infatuated with the dream, with the plan, uh, with the goal that we think now is the automatic solution and, and somebody must be in the way for it to not be happening. And so often when I hear somebody that says, I should be in leadership, I kind of know right away by that statement that they're not ready to be a leader. <laughs> so take that comment off your list if that's something you're bringing to me. Like I, that's like a, a, a quick red flag to me that says, yeah, hold on. God wants to do something, but I can remember being that guy. I'm ready. Give it to me. And it's good to have that passion. It's good to have that energy. It's good to have that desire, but God has a a seasoning of getting us ready for things. God has a reason for the not yet. So he often wants to do something inside of you. Get this. Your no could be someone else's yes. I think about this every time I pray at the beginning of a Buckeye game. God, I know your favorite team should win. But can you imagine that there are some really dumb people that think that the other team should win? I know it's obvious. But occasionally, God has to throw these other people a bone or they're just going to jump off a cliff. Like, if their team never beats the Buckeyes, you know. And what fun is it after a while if they never do, but I'm not mentioning any teams like Michigan or something like that. I say all of that because God really doesn't care who wins on a on a sporting field. But think about the things you're praying for. I'm praying for sunshine, somebody else is praying for rain. I we have what sounds like the perfect day in our mind, but it isn't about me. And so your no could be someone else's yes. And, and that's really difficult. And, and so the timing of things, um, we've got to be okay, especially when somebody else gets their yes before we do. That's a hard spot to be in. Because it's like, God, are you playing favorites here? Because we feel like just the timing of it can indicate favor. And, and even Mary and Martha are kind of presuming that as well lord this is your buddy come quick because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean god isn't working god loves you and he knows what's going on listen to verse five it says so although jesus loved martha mary and lazarus he stayed where he was for the next two days For although he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed two more days. There's something in there for somebody today. Hopefully a whole bunch of somebody's today. For although he loved them, he stayed there two more days. We associate love with response and meeting expectations it's that that's where offense comes from is is uh, expectations not being met that's the that's the platform for offense and you so when expectations are not met hello every day of your life and every person that's in your life you have a choice in that moment to pick that up as an offense right because if they met the expectation then there's no issue But the potential's there, right there. And so Jesus says, it says that he loves them, but he waited. Jesus loves you. Whatever you're waiting on in this room today, it is not because Jesus doesn't love you or that he doesn't see you. Let's go to verses. I want to read to you uh, 11 through 15. It says, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go and see him. So not only does Jesus love you, even though you might be waiting on something, he he knows what's going on in your life. He knows. He knew that Lazarus was, if not already, physically dead in that moment, that he was going to be before Jesus actually went there. Jesus was waiting on purpose in this situation. So he not only acknowledges that he loves Lazarus, he acknowledges that he knows exactly what's going on and the severity of it. That has to be good news for you today. for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. What a statement. Well, we would have all celebrated if Jesus would have... That would have been a great story to have in this Bible. Mary and Martha sent for Lazarus. Your your buddy's sick. Jesus shows up, heals Lazarus. We would have still taught it in Sunday school because we teach about all the other healings, healing the blind and whatever else. Jesus said, for your sakes, I'm glad he wasn't there. Let's go to uh, verses 21, or no, hang on a second, verse 17. Get ahead of myself. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had been in his grave for four days. Dead for four days. The King James said, he stinketh. It literally says that in the King James Version. It says, he stinketh. your neighbor you stink. no don't 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 do that he stinketh the body has started to do what bodies do when life is not going through it this is a dead body four days in the grave four days no hope God's delays are not God's denials listen to John 11 21 and 22 says that Mary uh, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming verse 20 she went to meet him but Mary stayed in the house Martha said to Jesus Lord if you'd only been here my brother would not have died ouch that part always stuck out to me but then it kind of dawned on me that Mary stayed in the house This is Sweet Mary, who Jesus would exhort in another scripture about spending time with him when Martha was worrying about the the dishes and the dinner. And Sweet Mary just wanted to sit at Jesus' feet, hang on to every word. She knew Jesus was coming too, and she stayed in the house. Sounds like her feelings were hurt, sounds like she was offended. Martha, the bold outspoken one, tells Jesus she's offended. <laughs> Got to love both kinds. They're both in the church. They're, they're fun. I'd rather the ones that tell me, by the way, just, you know, for future reference, when I offend you. Um, Martha says, if you'd have been here. And Mary stays in the house. But I do love Martha's faith. She says, she says, we'll do whatever you ask. And then they have this little dialogue where Jesus says he's going to rise again and, and Martha just assumes he's talking about the resurrection where we're all going to rise again after our physical death. And so we can all celebrate that. If Lazarus would have stayed in the grave that day, he would have still risen again just as he's going to With all of us when we face eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ there that day of hope is for every believer Regardless of the physical situation here And Martha was at least mature enough to understand and believe in that She's like I know I really wish he was here with me today, but I know he's I know I'm going to see him again And that's that's the joy for every saint that passes, right? We're gonna see him again. We're gonna see her again so you are waiting for something and you feel like it's never going to happen. I don't know what's going on in your business um, uh, business world, uh, what's going on with your job. You could be waiting for a change. You could be waiting for your business to grow. You could be waiting for a new opportunity. Um, you could be disappointed in the new job that you just got. And, and, and how frustrating is that to just be waiting on something to happen? You're waiting for this relationship to change. Well, relationships are two people. At least. You've got to have two people willing to move forward in the grace of God and unravel something. And so there might be something you can do, but you're, you're still at the mercy of other, of other pieces, right? God, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. God, my health, I'm trying to trust you in this, but how long am I going to walk in this? How long, Lord? You're not meeting my expectations. Which brings us to point number two. So one was, let's go back to one, God's delays are not necessarily a denial. Number two, if God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. Now don't get me wrong, sometimes he really like you never get the yes. And that's why it says sometimes the denial or like the delay is not a denial. Sometimes there are denials based on what we think we need or should or should have. And sometimes the healing or the resurrection is going to be the eternal one. And and I've I've seen that happen over and over again, and I still need to celebrate that. But sometimes If God met our expectations every time, He would never have an opportunity to exceed them. Sometimes, He likes to blow our minds. We're sitting in one of those. I knew we needed a larger space to meet. I was not expecting that we would be given a facility large enough to get our church on its feet and to get us not just walking, but running. And to see the people come, to see the workers come, to see the finances come in to take care of this. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mind blown. I knew God could do it. But I would have just been, I would have been content with another space just that could have held us that we could have met longer, right? And those doors kept shutting, and I'm like, God, there's no other space in Pickerington. Well, how about a church that's paid for? Okay, if you make me arm twisted, wow! If God just met our expectations, He would never have an opportunity to exceed them. Uh, let's read John eleven twenty three through twenty six. Is this okay? Got a Bible story today? Jesus told her, Your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, It's one of the great verses in the Bible I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? And she says, I've always believed you're the Messiah the one who's come into the world from God. Wow. And it says that Mary then ran to him. They they knew who Jesus was. I am the resurrection and the life. Mary and Martha wanted a healing. Jesus wanted a resurrection. He told his disciples, you're going to be glad that we didn't go run into Lazarus when he was sick. You're going to thank me later. There's something, there's something pretty cool about to happen. God's delays are not God's denials. If He always met your expectations, He'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. Let's go down to verse 43. Oh, let's go to 40. we got time. Let's do this. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father... Thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told told them, unwrap him and let him go. Wow. What a story. We're still celebrating it today. And and I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what's even maybe seems to have died in your life. That you were praying against all hope that it wouldn't. There could be some dream that that seems to have gone by the wayside. I don't know what it is. There could be a relationship you've given up hope on. There could be a sickness that you have just resolved to being your lot in life. I don't know. What this verse tells me is that we better keep praying. And we better keep looking for God to do whatever He wants to do and to never set the limit as to saying God has done in this situation. I don't believe that's ever our call to make. I don't believe it is. With God, the waiting season is never a wasted season. Just because you're not married doesn't mean that God isn't preparing someone. Working with young people so long, there's there's probably not more there's probably nothing more frustrating for parents and for youth leaders and and for those that are just so determined for the best for young people that they would just be patient for the Lord in that area. So difficult. What about your job? Well, it's good to like where you work. I do most days. But I've had jobs that don't really, that I didn't, wasn't passionate about, and I just felt stuck in. When we live for our own purposes, when we're the main character of our story, then, then those we, we tend to write that off as a bad season. And God just might have something else for you. The new job may not be a better title or even more money, but it could be the person or the people that you're supposed to share Jesus with. You might be supposed to be getting income from a few places. One of my best friends just, just got a job after being generally unemployed for the last few years. And, and he could have gotten a job at any time. He's an educated... Just super smart guy he's helped us a lot with different things in this church and he just felt like he just kept having to be obedient to the Lord with these different businesses and things I'll actually tell a story uh, just a little bit Uh, Ben Allen has led worship here a little bit and done uh, worship training here and he's one of my very closest friends and for the last few years he's just been out of obedience just plugging away him and another friend started a business And I won't bore you with the details. Has to do with some legal financial stuff that businesses have to do, and it it didn't take off. They had spent the year or so, and and they had uh, sowed the seed, and it just wasn't. It was making a little bit of money, but not enough to keep them going, both of them. Uh, The the other buddy said, "I gotta go. I gotta go back to work. I put I've put in the time. I'm I'm feel released from this. Uh, I've got an opening back at my old position. He's an attorney. He went back to work. He's happy." I got a different place and 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 God blessed it so now my buddy's sitting there Ben okay we were in this together God said keep going but God this this is just a small bit of income well find it other places and and God just kept sending it different ways and and I mean their story for the last three years of God meeting their needs is is incredible I have to have them share it here fully sometime and just this last few months had a had a significant um, investment firm that has national offices approached him and said we want you to do this for us and so they basically bought him out and now he's running around helping all of the national offices set this thing up wow are you serious god he exceeded their expectations the goal was just to get it up and running and just to be enough for a couple families to live off of. And instead God took it coast to coast and, and now Ben is able to live off of it and, and God exceeded their expectations. But I've been, the, I've been one of the people having lunch with them over the last few years. I've been buying most of them. He usually bought all the years before that because he was always making more than I was. And I just keep encouraging him, you're being faithful you're being faithful and that's easy to say to somebody but they stayed true to what God had he had the like I like I said he could have walked in any place else and gotten a job this was not laziness or, or it was fully being obedient to the Lord and God blessed him if God always met your expectations he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them if you lose one job there might be a better one coming God is doing something in the process We tell our kids you're not quitting your job until you've got another one i mean that's like just using your brain right sometimes god leaves us in these seasons and and i've seen people that i care about out of work and and it's a painful thing to watch but what's god doing here's a tough one that's affected people very close to me friends and family can't conceive what a terrible deal my th- kids make me absolutely insane, but I adore them. And there's, nobody else is allowed to be mean to them. Like, they're mine. And, and, and that, that, was a, that was not like, we didn't have to have an issue with that. But something I've noticed is that most adoptions are from parents that weren't able to have children. right as much as I would love to see God answer a prayer one way he might answer it in a way that rescues multiple families there's people in this room that's part of their story I've, I've known lots of people that have adopted or have been adopted and 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 what a beautiful answer to prayer it's 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 beautiful God does that to us he adopts us as His sons and daughters and, and, and He chose to do it that way. Father, God chose you. What a beautiful answer to prayer. Your greatest disappointment may be the setting of your greatest miracle. So our big thought for today. Today. Let's just touch on these again. With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. Now, even even for this, this was for this. These were probably five or six excruciating days. So, if Lazarus was still alive, Jesus heard about it. Says he waited. To, let's see. So it'd been six days total, I guess. It says he waited two days to go, and then when he got there, said that Lazarus had been four, four days dead. I think I'm doing the math right. Somebody help a preacher out. We have a six day solution some of you all are in a six-week solution six-month solution six-year solution 60-year solution god please don't i don't know but with god a waiting season is never a wasted season god's delays are not necessarily his denials and if he always met our expectations would he ever have a chance to exceed them could we pray this morning I feel like this this is one of those series that is, I'm just extra careful to preach, I guess, is, is is the way to say it, because the hurt attached to some of this waiting is so deep that I never want to come across as trivializing it or being that Christian brother or sister with a with a big smile that says God's got you brother or God's got you sister like I I don't ever want to belittle what somebody is going through but at the same time I know that I could not stand up here if I did not believe that God sees you and loves you And those two things are enough for me to have faith. And so I can say those two things with full confidence. God sees you, and God loves you. Anything else is just fluff, and I don't think it helps anybody. But for those of you in this room today that are really feeling like God has left you waiting, And that if he'd only been here, that Lazarus would still be alive. Then God's word to you today is he sees you and he loves you. If that ministers to you in your heart this morning and you want to reach out in faith today to to believe those things in God today, would you raise your hand? I I know this applies to some people today. I see those hands. He sees you and he loves you. Friend, if you're sitting in here and you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, a lot of times people stay away because of unmet expectations. Well, my mother died of cancer. My father left us when we were kids. and, And God, there's no way that I could trust you because these things happened in my life. This is the transition. This is the bridge for you to come to Jesus today. Do you believe that God sees you and He loves you? And for the first time, are you willing to trust Him with your heart regardless of the circumstances? Is that you this morning? Would you raise your hand? You've never trusted Jesus with your heart. But you're ready to today. We always want to make room for this. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. God, we thank You that You You are not a God full of no's. God, you're, you're, a, you're a God full of yes, but you've got a way that you want to see it unroll. And God, you have a yes and an amen for every one of us. You want to see us filled and healed and, and running strong. And God, we, we mistake the hiccups along the way, the roadblocks and the potholes, God. We mistake those for being unloved and unseen by you. So God, we ask you to forgive us for those times of distrust. And God, we place our hope squarely in you this morning. God, would we trust you in the waiting? Would we trust you that a waiting season is not a wasted season? And God, I thank you for the miracles that have come. God, I thank you that we're sitting in one today. God, I thank you that every one of us in this room has a story of how you have exceeded our expectations. And God, we thank you that you are continue, you're going to continue to do that in the future of our lives here together at Family Church. God, may we see the heavens open up. May we see the people healed. God, may we see marriages saved. May we see young people find their purpose in you. God, may we see hope restored in this nation. We place our trust in you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we stand and sing? And as we're closing this service, There are people up here that are excited to pray with you. They will stand with you in faith. It says God sees you and loves you. And if you have made a response to the Lord today that you want us to be aware of, uh, make sure you go to Next Step Center. We're always ready to baptize people. We're always ready to talk with you about the things that God is doing in your life. And please come forward for prayer today. God bless you.